right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast. Solly here, joined across the table, late night edition. This is the, probably the latest week of the year. TC is here. Hello, TC. Hello. Good morning. Good evening. Almost morning. And good, good to be back. Haven't been on in a while. It has been a little while. And a very special guest that he just informed us for the first time here in the studio at the Kill House from ESPN, Mr. Kevin Van Valkenburg. KVV, hello. How are we, sir? Good evening, Solly. <laughs> Uh, what a thrill to have you here randomly in Jacksonville and decided to join the pod today. So excited to be here. I've, I've now appeared on like the regular pod, the, the trap draw, the perfect club, uh, strapped and now the wrap up pod. So I feel like I'm halfway to an EGOT or whatever it is. You've been uh, on wrap up pods. They've just always been at random locations like Ryder yeah. cups or PGAs okay. or something like that. But so this is a whole different, whole different thing. thing. Glad to have you here. Uh, we did spend a little time here in the studio this past week. Cause we were back in the film room dissecting Neil and I played in a, uh, the FSGA foursomes event that included a spirited discussion on which golf ball we were going to play. Icarito and I played different golf balls. I play the crumb soft. He plays the crumb soft X. That content is going to be coming. You may have also seen Cali refresh the Chrome Soft family for 2022. They're all new Chrome Soft, Chrome Soft X's, and Chrome Soft X LS golf balls. That's the low spin one. The biggest change is the incorporation of what Cali calls precision technology, it enables them to deliver the highest quality, best performing, and most consistent golf balls. Already in 2022, we've seen players using Chrome Soft balls at or near the top of the leaderboard. Last week saw John Rahm. This week was Adam Svensson. We also had, had uh, Tim Tucker on the bag this past week. That was a little underreported story. Last year, Svensson was the first to win with the Chrome Soft XLS, and this year he is in the Chrome Soft X because it pairs better with his new Rogue ST driver. For all the details and to figure out which of the Chrome Soft, Chrome Soft X, or Chrome Soft XLS golf balls are for you, go to CallawayGolf.com slash Chrome Soft. That's CallawayGolf.com slash Chrome Soft. Solly, I'm so excited to get you into the X this year. I'm gonna, I like I'm, the soft golf ball, man. I'm going to get you like Dante Hall throwing up the X. No, I like the soft golf ball. I need it for the feel. Um, Feels man, overrated, what I hear. Just, distance. Normal rounds of golf, it's no big deal. But under the gun, it's a little different when you got like the sliding eight-footer with a golf ball that just feels a little fur. It just it, it, it makes a difference. It really you. does. I never thought I'd be that guy, but I, I feel like I'm it's that like guy. A, it's like a nine handicap. I totally feel <laughs> it. It's just the feel is, is real. Uh, not the most exciting week at the Sony Open until the last hour or so. I thought we were going to have to start with TC's Kevin Na Fatwa, which I think we're going to get to at some point. Yeah, I, I don't want to lead with that. Yeah. We're not yeah. leading with that. It's too controversial. Can we, <laughs> can we lead with what is truly an iconic golf shot that Hideki just hit into <laughs> the 18th hole at Wiley about five minutes ago as we go to record this? 277 yards. I just tweeted this. Next, Your next round of golf, first hole, go to a spot 277 yards away. And just go look through this, like look at the pin, how far away that looks to remind yourself how absurd that shot was. Or if you're straight into the sun and you yeah. can't even see where the <laughs> yeah. pin is, just think about that added degree of difficulty. Absurd. Eighth career win for Hideki, shoots 63-63 on the weekend. I'm not going to say Hideki learned how to putt, but he led the field in strokes game putting this past week. I don't really? know what that means. Yes. I don't know what that means. Look out. But that is... Uh, even after the, like he missed a pretty short birdie putt on what was that 16, 16 he had the a good stretch. Look, yeah um he does this from time to time he'll put a hot week together and he usually yeah. does win he is that good of a ball striker but 
um, yeah, it was that was that was quite impressive way uh, to 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 finish Even the drive tournament. on the uh, in regulation. The drive on regulation that was uncomfortably close to the T marker. Uh, we were playing with yeah. Josh Scobie one time. Josh Lambo. <laughs> oh yeah, Josh Lambo at uh, Jack's Beach one time, and he had teed it up. He's a relative <laughs> beginner. He teed it up close to the T marker and. Yeah. Blew up the team marker. <laughs> it was one of the most disconcerting things I've ever seen. Second most famous thing that Josh Lambeau is, is famous for this oh, year. He's <laughs> one of those guys that, man, I, am I glad I played golf with him? <laughs> you could have broke the herb story. Like, yeah. you know, all those years. I mean, like, yeah. that, that could have been huge yeah. for, for the Anyway. Uh, yeah. Well, well, well you know. Don't, don't get me off track with herb. I, I can't. I'm no sorry. It back don't want to roll over here and just start dropping Urban Meyer uh, takes. Just throw it alley-oops. Are we feeling bad for Russell Henley tonight? No, no. I mean, look, like, look at the guy's career. I was gonna say, where does money, where yeah. does he rank on the Charles Howell scale? As far as you know, ti- there's Tiger Woods made a lot of money in golf, completely recognizable everywhere you go. Charles Howell made a lot of money in golf, not recognizable everywhere you go. He's pretty close to Howell, I oh, would definitely. say. I mean, Howell's Howell's, ma- Howell's older, obviously, and made a lot more money. But I, I think it's you got to factor in stress level. Right, like it's 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 money earned, it's longevity, and then stress levels in there. And like Henley doesn't seem like he's ever even come close to losing his tour card, which yeah. factors in so much because that's quality of life and peace of mind and all that. This I I always think about that uh, Honda he had against Rory, right, where Rory hit the unbelievable five wood to five feet or whatever in the last hole, but and then Russell still won. It's like the the most iconic moment of Russell's career I'm thinking about someone else so that's probably a good <laughs> measure for his impact over all things but Russell Henley career earnings what is it mm, I'd say probably like 28 million dollars 23 18.6 going into this week I assume so yeah, he probably so 19.3 19, probably something like that but I would have thought a little higher as well he's been he's 32 years old now turned pro in 2011 so this is It'd be his eleventh professional golf year. That's, I mean, he's done he's done quite well for himself. I would what are his tendencies? Like, is is it kind of feast or famine, or is it you know bank a lot like kind of consistent cuts made? It's very consistent cuts made. But Sean Martin had a great uh, thing he was he, he tweeted today just talking about, and Kyle Porter tweeted something too about how much Russell Henley has improved year over year in strokes gained approach to now being one of the best iron players on tour, but. Uh, he talked about, you know, how did you improve that? Is it a swing change? Whatever it is, this is Smartin's question that he asked him. And he just said, like, no, I, I just I practice totally different. He has a track man, and, like, track man will spit out a number at uh, at you, and, like, he just works on, like, trying to hit that number. And just, like, playing more games on the range instead of just honing in your swing, like getting your distances dialed and learning to hit hit certain targets, hit certain numbers has made him a really, really good iron player. It sounds so like he's been working with Golf Blueprint. At, at Golf Blueprint <laughs> quote retweeted it, too, with, like, a, hey, this is how you how you create, you know, Good, uh, good practice habits, if you will. But Rapsodo, if you don't have a track man. There you go. Look at KVV. Welcome I mean, to the studio. Smooth, right? Just, you know, to <laughs> Neither of them part. are sponsoring the show tonight, but they get they get some shout it's outs. It's interesting. He's some got, free ads. like going free ads. going back through his stuff. He's been on tour full time since 2012. Eight missed cuts his first year. Eight missed cuts his second year. Eleven his third year, and then four. In 2015, 13 in 2016, three in 2017, and then double digits again in 2018, 2019, and then back to back, you know, years with five or six. So it's it's like he's he's trending more consistently, and and he seems like he's he's a firm top 100 player now instead of just kind of yo-yoing back and forth. Yeah, I kind of ex- he's a popular guy amongst betters and DFS players because he is pretty consistent, and he you know he's going to get you a bunch of top 25s, and I I feel like I see. 
DFS stuff almost on a weekly basis. Of saw some stuff today. It's like this is the full Russell Henley experience you're getting today. I mean, he went out in 29. I know, like he shot one over on the back nine, and all it would have taken is to shoot even par, and you close the door and win the golf tournament. So in that regard, I don't feel bad for him. But man, it's just freaking hard. It's He's just a 54 hole leader, shot 65, didn't win. <laughs> I mean, you know. uh, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty course agnostic too, right? Like he's he's a pretty uh, pretty versatile player. Although he he feeds on some of the shorter courses. So I'm glad to see Hideki. I mean, he, Hideki was really the only star in the field, if you will. He was the the high, I believe the highest ranked player in the field. It's kind of a kind of a weaker field say, this year. Is that the bone saw effect? Guys messing their know. schedules to maybe, you know maybe you know I. I Look, I, I have a Rainer take. You know, Ooh, yeah. go ahead. Rainer courses, I think we all fans, just aren't great TV. It's just not great on TV. The subtleties, right? Like, it, the, the, when you stand on a, on a Rainer course as a player, you're like, oh, God, this is awesome. Just doesn't, like, really translate that well to TV. You can kind of say the same thing about Ross, too. Maybe, I mean, yeah. Kind of, I mean, some of it's just classic courses that don't have a yeah. whole lot of, like, texture mm-hmm. to them, where... You know? Is it safe to say though with Wyla? Like I don't know the full history of it, but it, I, when I watch it, it doesn't pop like a rain. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a rainer to me. Even the Redan Seventeenth is not too Redani. The Beeritz is pretty weak. Like it just it seems like it's lost a lot of its rainer edges over the years. Some holes are different from that say, I think routing. They built a hotel on the best piece. Yeah, of property yeah. They it's had. just such a meh thing after the after the tournament champions, right? Like you get the amazing Kapalua like dramatic changes. You the the visuals, and then like you're looking at an office park in a lot of ways at YLI. So like uh, I don't want to like dump on it too much because like I'm sure like the it's a fun course to play if you're there in Hawaii. And office parks know. harsh. We're not yeah. we're not talking about FedEx, St. <laughs> Jude. Yeah. Well, let do that. Let's maybe think I got a little over the skis there. Uh, you know, got a little little shook by uh, well, those uh, Urban Meyer takes early. <laughs> although, <laughs> but, although yeah. I, I guess Tory is an office park. Yeah, you know? I, you know, absolutely. We got a question from Steven Spires one. He said, is it time to retire Wiley after last week's views? The Sony open is a huge visual letdown. I'm going to say no to this because mm-hmm. one, I, I do think it is refreshing to see a golf course that is not bomb and gouge. Like yeah. I, I'm usually an anti rough guy. It was kind of interesting to have a little bit of thick rough today because there was a little firmness around the greens and watching guys having to hit like uh, Russell Henley's shot that he had to hit into, was that 16 or no, uh, 15, the long par four, yeah. where he had to run one up. For, like it landed probably 60 yards short of the green and finally ultimately got up towards the front of the green. And that's and that's with a pretty soft course this year relative to, to previous years. Correct. Um, so that, I, I don't know. I, I think it's nice when we get into this, the, you know, the hotter part of the year and it just becomes a driving contest and it's a lot of TPCs. I, I, I like Wiley in that regard. Is it kind of like a, you can pin your ears back, you can make a lot of birdies, it's, it's low scores. I just think it has, I don't know, it, it's fun watching golf shots out there. The wind also didn't blow last week or this week. Yeah. Like that's a big component. And yeah, I don't think we should penalize Wiley because TV's not very good at showing it off. That's, yeah, right? that's fair. Like, um, can we just like, if we could go back in time and like rethink television golf coverage in general, could we just eliminate the like shot where the all you see is the ball in the sky. <laughs> Who is that benefiting in any way? Like, I'm sorry to like. No, it's the word. It's an <laughs> incredible skill that pays off in no, no way. way. Like, I could yeah. never do that. I don't know how those guys do it. If you watch them in person, they just whip those cameras around, track the ball. And yet the payoff is nothing. <laughs> the only tell. one that tracks the ball that's cool is when they do it from the blimp. The plane cam. Or the plane. Yeah. I'm yeah. all in. That's it's super so good. Cool. But like the, uh, where I'm standing in the middle of the fairway, the guy hits the ball and like immediately I lose sight of the player. The ball's in the air. 
Yeah. It's, I, I have no sense of where the no trees context. are, where anything, nothing. It makes me nauseous. Truly worthless as a like a viewer, but that's like a classic TV golf shot that has become across all coverages. We're not talking about any network in particular. Maybe my, my own network. It's like that's what they do, and I just don't see the value in it. Imagine like an NFL game where like immediately you only, on the saw the, you only saw the ball and didn't couldn't see the receiver breaking open or anything that that's was, like that that's kind of how i feel sometimes watching an nfl game though too or like i don't see the bottom receiver i don't see you know i think also though like there was some cool i think at least on the back nine there was some cool stuff where like it was it was i'm not sure if it was just from a handheld but different angles kind of from an angle approaches. and like almost a diagonal like a guy just standing beside the green and just throwing the camera up and you could see the thing coming down almost sideways. It was uh, like, I, I just don't like towers. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. like it when the, it just washes everything out. It flattens the hell out of everything. It, we're, we're getting too into Amsterdam too yeah, quickly okay. here. KVV, right. come on. You I broke thought the coverage gold. was actually pretty it's good, good this week. I enjoyed yeah. it. I yeah. think they got a great flow. They've been a, gr- a good time. my first time. Be gentle. Yeah, come on. You got <laughs> you to you coach we me. We do right. Amsterdam for a reason. Otherwise, it bleeds into the rest of the show. Looking at Hideki. Second win in three starts. I didn't really realize that. I mean, going back to Zozo. And I, 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 like, I don't know. I think he was sixth and fifth in the world, 2016, 2017, finished. And then he's kind of been solidly top 20, but not really... Beyond that, and it seems like he's been trending, 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 and he he finished the year ranked 18th in the world. Like he seems like he's he's finally made the leap, but his his world ranking kind of lost in the not lost in the up. woods, but like lost in like he should have been better for seven eight years. The right? putting and has been that bad though. Like the yeah. ball striking has never wavered. Never. You go look at those numbers; they're still there. And it again, I, I I think like we tend to forget. I honestly do think we like tend to forget about him because of his post shot reactions. He, he always looks so frustrated on the golf course. Well, and if you actually go out and watch him hit balls in person, like he's two yards offline and he hates it. Like he's that good. I mean, it really. He's a special, special talent. I'm amazed. He's never changed his fundamentals when it comes to putting. Like, that toe way off the ground has never looked natural. And listen, he just won the golf tournament and led the field in strokes game putting, so what do I know? But, like, it's it's proven to not be very consistent. And his ability to not let that bleed into other parts of his game is extremely noteworthy to me. I would love to. I, th- I think some players who are English isn't their first language, we suffer from, like, we don't understand enough or we don't even try to, like, talk to them enough. And I would love to hear, like, all right, you must have done something in the last 18 months to sort of be a little bit more at least streaky in putting, or a little more consistent in putting. And like, what is that? Can you take me through the specifics of that? Because that would be interesting to me. Yep. It'd be a really deep dive into like the mechanics of something, right? A way up on my like bucket list of things to do with no laying up would be to like take a trip with Hideki and his interpreter like for like a week around Japan, like follow him through the Zozo, like yeah. a week in the life at the Zozo mm-hmm. in terms of like. Again, people just don't like you. You have to, he has to have restaurants shut down Bonkers, for him to yeah. go into in, in Japan, and he can walk around with you know none of that none of that attention in the United States. Yeah. It's got to be such a weird dynamic for him. But absolutely, I remember I, cover, covering a couple of Yankees games back in the day when like Hideki Matsui or Hideki uh, <laughs> Matsui, yeah, Matsui, yeah, was like yeah. you know there'd be fifty people from the Japanese yeah. media, and like they're all clamoring for like one little thing right like they want like it's something that they can write a, a, a story to send back home of like oh this is the thing that's probably like right what it's like for him right yeah. like it's just an ex- there's there's one truly great japanese golfer and like they're gonna sort of you know 
the over cover him. And I imagine that's huge, like fishbowl, like back home. Like, Who do you think is, is nobody even knew when he was married, right? Like he right? just, he yeah. just was like, Oh yeah. I, by the way, I got married. And it was like, Oh, oh my God. It was like blew up. It was like a huge thing. Who do you think's bigger over there? Otani or Hideki right now? I would, I would say Otani, but like, the national yeah, sport. but you know, I think it's true what they were when he, when Hideki won the masters was like, this might be worth like $500 million in over the course of, or more in the course of his life because of like how much it means. Like he, mm-hmm. he'll probably be able to design golf courses there f- having no, probably no, I don't know whether he's like a, has any interest or knowledge of design, but like they, uh, he could be hired to do that there forever. You know, it, as a result of like just oh my god, the first Masters winner who's Japanese, hundred percent. Like the the interest would be there forever. He supposedly loves sake. He should come out with a sake line and sell it mm. all over the world, yeah. and like kind of like the you know a Casamigos or the you know Abe Answers tequila or mezcal yeah. or whatever. He'd kill it. <laughs> I would drink as a Hideki yeah. if you're listening. <laughs> I would drink sake with you for a good time. Uh, yeah, he's a I, huge listener. Yeah, I think he probably, honestly, from what I understand, he probably like certainly understands English better than kind of lets on. But like, I, I don't think we sometimes understand how hard it is to speak like fluently. And I totally understand why some of the guys like, no, nah, I just would rather do an interpreter because like I, I might be able to literally hear every single question in English and I could maybe answer it. But it just, you know, I, I got I took like four years of high school Spanish and two years of college. And if someone asked me to like speak in Spanish in like any sort of way, it's just, it's truly remarkable when guys are like, like Rom being able to be clever and funny and insightful in English to me is like an, a really, truly underrated thing. Yes. That's because he, that's because he learned it from Dr. Dre. <laughs> I mean, his vocab too is people enormous. forgot about Dre. I don't know if you know that, but I remember when I was following uh, Rom in 2017 at the Irish open and he like, he had a chip shot from right around a bunker, and he came back to his caddy. He's like, "Oh yeah, that lie was really dicey." And like that was that was yeah. f- you know almost five years ago. Now at this point, like he was just becoming a pro, and like his I mean, he'd been in Arizona State. I know his his you know English was improving and improving, but like he took it on as a thing that he was gonna master. Mm-hmm. He said he didn't like speak any English when yeah. he came to the U.S. or he thought his English was good. He told the story on the podcast maybe four or five years ago. Just you know, I came over, I thought it'd be good enough, and I couldn't even like hold a yeah. basic conversation. The so. first time I ever talked to him was at the U.S. Open at Aaron Hills, and I I was like, I'm gonna write a story about John Rom's uh, like temper my editor at the time was like well what if he doesn't show his temper i was like trust me (laughs) and that was the the thing where he infamously like punched a sign and threw a rake (laughs) and like threw a golf ball into a pond and like completely flipped out over and so i went up to him afterwards and i was like you know i don't know how to approach him about this but i'm gonna like try to do it and i was like hey john you know like I'm, i'm sort of interested in writing about this and i want you to know that like i have a temper on the golf course sometimes too and so i'm not yes, i got some did. video highlights yeah, exactly <laughs> as you both know i was like i'm not coming this from a place of condescension because I, I really want to know like how do you deal with this oh it's like oh kevin like i'm sometimes i'm like a, sh- a coke bottle you just like, shake me up and i just explode <laughs> <laughs> i was like yeah i get it like i totally understand and it was i was like Wow, that's like really good for someone who like literally three years ago couldn't speak English. Yeah, you know, he's twenty two or whatever <laughs> at the time. Uh, shake me up like a Coke bottle. First, I want to give a shout to Kita Nakajima. Now that we're on the uh, the foreign yeah. players topic, number one amateur in the world made the cut. He had a tough Saturday. He was top five, I think, in the field. 
uh, heading into the weekend. I didn't see how he finished up today, but that was a, a noteworthy performance. And listen, I want to say I'm bummed that uh, Takumi Kanaya did not make the cut. I want to apologize on his behalf. Did he get any world Thank ranking points for that? Or? TBD. Okay. TBD. Although, I, I don't know. I got all these doubts about the world ranking now because this was Hideki's third win. Uh, Masters, Zozo. And I guess the Zozo was a weak field mm. last year. But even then, it's like he went from 25th to 14th when he won the Masters. And then he went from 19th after the CJ to 12th when he won the Zozo. And then he was back to 19th last week as of the century. Mm. It just seems like you would, you, you know, like I, I would assume this one gets him close to the top 10. But you would think three wins, including a major in a 12-month or like, really like a 9 or 10-month span would, would net you. Yeah. Top ten in the world. I have a TC question. Are, are you wait? Are you are you saying we should open up the books here and take a look at the official World Golf Rankings? But this is, we can this talk is, about that. Uh, my question is related to this: Is the official golf world official world <laughs> golf rankings? This might be hard to say. Is it just a computer, or is there like a bunch of dudes there? Like, what is it? You know, how do they? Is it's it some formula. people with an abacus? Like, it's a formula. But is, does the official World Golf Rankings? Is it like? self-funded it's is on the it? blockchain oh. i think oh no you oh well now you're getting into we can talk about this when we get to saudi oh well yeah. I, <laughs> all I, that stuff i want to know who funds the, the it's the OWGR. majors and the and all the professional tours have yeah can we audit their books like what how do, well, I, I think i think the pgl <laughs> and, the, and the sgl are are trying to because I, it's a very shadow organization yeah i've never right? thought about who funds them that's interesting follow the money i probably should yeah, i mean you that. can't like no, fund, they're, they're, you can't fund what they do by just like having a website that we like refresh when we need it well right? there's got to be some sort of they're like, incorporated in the uk I can, okay. I can tell you that i think there was something where the the pga tour shepherded the pga tour china okay. and got got ranking points ahead of when they should have. Mm -hmm. There's been a few things that have, they could be, you know, tried for some restraint of trade yeah. and they could, you know, anyway, that's, that's a black a box bit. sitting yeah. over here. We can, we can open that black, black box when we want to. Okay. I'm gonna um, we're gonna do this first before we uh, we get to what's next, which I'm gonna give okay. you. I'm gonna give you the floor here. Uh, listen, the copy here says we're on to the divisional round, of the NFL playoffs, and DraftKings Sportsbook. We're actually not through the wild card yet. We got one more game. So just just if you're listening to this yeah. before Monday night, there is still one more game. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers, counting down to Super Bowl 56. New customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. And if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can get in on the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code NLU. Get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 to win 280 in free bets if your team wins as promo code nlu for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl must be 21 or older new jersey indiana or pennsylvania only new customers only minimum five dollar deposit and one dollar wager required one per customer restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER Tell you, do you ever say that in your sleep? I do. Like, you know, I do. I practice that actually before we come on. But that's what he says to himself every morning when he wakes up. <laughs> oh, that <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I need to call one eight hundred gambler maybe. And then when they change something up, oh, it's total free for all. But they, Indiana finally got on with one eight hundred gambler and got rid of nine with it. So thank you for that. That made would, my job a lot easier. I would like to call one eight hundred gambler and be like, hey, I I think <laughs> I have a gambling problem. Just see what you know what what is like. What, what are they kind of? What kind of thoughts <laughs> do they give me for you know? After that, is gambling legal in uh, 
the great state of Maryland? Uh, not online gambling, but you can gamble like on site there. So our yeah. uh, when it when it went live, our our mayor a place to bet to like the Ravens would would win the Super Bowl. Didn't obviously didn't go well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Phil's made that bet before, and it yeah, did go Phil, well. That's, uh, that's one of Phil's like for most public bets, right? <laughs> that he you know like early on. Got he hasn't updated and, us on a lot of the bets since then. That's weird. Oh wow, wow, that's wild. Yeah, I bet I Phil's big for, in the crypto game. Oh, I might need like to talk to him massive. about that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. The Dogecoin or whatever it is. It's know. Dogecoin. Come Doge. on, KBB. <laughs> All right, sorry. All right. Uh, you want to just have the floor on this one? Yeah, I mean, I, we're back here. Kevin Na. Why are we back here? Because the tour doesn't enforce the fucking rules, right? He's taking, he's taking two and a half, three minutes on the greens. Every time he lines up a putt, he's got his caddy between his legs behind him. Can I just either remind you or and or the listeners that the rule is it's until you're you're not uh, it's you're not breaking the rule until you're put on the clock, which is if there's a, a whole hole ahead of you. Just That's to be the PGA clear, PGA Tour regulation, correct. not the rules of golf. The rules of golf state that you have 45 seconds to complete the shot. Does it really? Yeah. Okay. Well, like the PGA the, Tour in the USGA rules like that's Yeah, the, like the rules of golf are like, okay. hey, like best, you know, best effort must be made to play swiftly and whatever and you know it, it's it doesn't it's, say you have 45 seconds to play a shot though in the rules of golf though right i think it says like 40 or 45 seconds like the the shot must you know like a shot is to be played if that's not right you're gonna you're gonna oh, hear God. from rules twitter on right, this just just to on. be clear on that but so in the in that regard and i i think i agree i don't, I don't know if i'd go far as fatwa that's your that's your <laughs> corner but is it hold on hold on hold on Players should play at a prompt pace throughout the round. Players are both allowed and encouraged to play ready golf in a safe and responsible way. It should make a stroke in no more than 40 seconds. Nice. Rule 5.6B. What's the penalty for not for not doing that? Committee, let's see, da, 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 pace of play, checkpoint holes. Any group that is out of position will be monitored by a rules rover. But so. like at some point, like how, how, like how are they not out of position today? So the definition Don of Rich. out of position is a full hole... Ahead of you, which is absurd, open. right? Yeah. Like, cause it, like it basically gives the whole field license to play slowly. Within the game of golf, I think it's gross and atrocious. Within larger sports context, I think it raises a, a philosophical question of whether it's up to the players to follow the rules or the officials to enforce the rules, right? So, like, it's like the Pistons deciding in the ninety second to foul on every play because they can't call it. They're, oh, they're not going to call it, so it's not up to us. Like yeah. we're. So it's like, in Kevin, from Kevin perspective, perspective, he's saying, if they're not going to call me on it, why do I care? And or or uh, Jerome Poger's uh, crew, just, just throwing yes. a flag on every play. <laughs> Correct. And the Patriots had this mentality too, right? And the, the, yeah. we're going to basically just abuse the crap out of the Colts in the early 2000s or the mid-2000s. Like, and they, had to, they changed the rules. They're like, oh, well, if the refs aren't going to actually enforce the rules, we're going to tell. Like, the, if the PGA Tour wanted to, they could say, like, look, Every single time you go over 45 seconds, you're going to get a stroke penalty. He would play faster. But in, from his perspective, he's probably like, why would I care? Like, no one's enforcing it, so I'm going to keep doing my thing. But I think that's part, it's kind of a, you know, subjective or objective enforcement of back in the day, I guess, like, I, you know, guys on tour would, would come up to your locker and say, like, yo, yeah. dude, like, that was fucking unacceptable today. Yeah. Right? And, you know, that's not happening. And I think part of that is, like, the cat was slow as shit in some spots. You know, 
don't get me wrong. I I hate slow play. It, I, as a faster player, it when I'm playing with somebody that's slow, I feel rushed because I want to get us in. I hate yeah. looking back and seeing guys with hands on their hips waiting on us to clear when I've not done anything wrong. I hate that. Like the the who pays the price is the faster player. So that in that regard, it sucks. That's where I think the the I would say the rule needs to be looked at. But I also it's just such a, a thing that's so hard to enforce, right? Like unless you're going to time every player's shot in every circumstance, and then, like, what are the exceptions? If the wind is blowing and you need to change clubs, are you taking a shot penalty when you have to change? Are you going to rush a shot just to get it in at 39 and a half seconds instead of 40? It's just a tough, tough thing. So they've come up with this thing. If you're out of position and take over 40 seconds, like, that's when you get in trouble. And I'm not – it's not great, but I don't I don't have, like, an, a ready-made proposal for, like, here's what it should yeah. be. And, you know, but, like, I would think with shot link at this point and all that, like, we know who the slow players are, Right. You know, and and at some point, I think you can start enforcing things a little bit earlier or start identifying when a guy is out of position. Because to your point, like, you know, Taylor Gooch or whomever Kevin Na is playing with on any given day is like they're the ones being put in a shitty position because they're 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 just as worried about their group. Like, I think those guys should kind of lay down their arms and say, you know what, I'm going to play slow as shit when I'm playing with this guy. It's the Kepka thing. And basically just just make him rack up bad times because then he's going to get fined, but it still doesn't come back to like the fines still aren't going to match up with, with however much, you know, he's, he's gaining as far as strokes go. It's like, it's the whole thing to me is, is unless you do strokes, nothing matters. Fines will never change it. Well, and also like I, my idea, I think last year or two years ago on this was like separate all PGA tour players into three fields, green light, yellow light, red light, green is the fastest yellows, Average, whatever, red is slowest. And you only play that. That is now your tee time reward. Yeah. Yeah. You play with green. And so all the red guys are going to play together. And it's like, you you guys better get moving. And you, green guys. You get crap tee time. You're going to get a better tee time. Over, yep. they, gonna they, get better. They, they should put Justine Reed in charge of of deciding, <laughs> you know, the reds get, you get the, you get the, the, the late early tee time or whatever. So it's like getting bad. Like guys care about what time their tee times are. If they get yeah. bad cycles, like that is a way to maybe force a little bit of action. You don't want to be on the red list. You don't want to like, and be playing only with slow players and be off last. I, I think that something like that is, you know, uh, fines and stroke penalties are the only like options right now. And we don't ever see stroke penalties. I just struggle with now where it's like, like, how can you watch that? And then, and, and, you know, people bring up, oh, he's, you know, he did such a good job of of getting his head in the game and and fixing this when he was having trouble taking the club back and all that. Give him a lot of credit for that a few years ago, and I was pretty vocal about that on the podcast, right? But like, this is fucking egregious, man, and it's like it's unacceptable and it's unsporting. Like in my mind, it like it is cheating. Like you're you are putting like you are taking more time than allotted and putting everybody yeah. else in the field in a shitty spot. But he the, saved so much time by walking in the putts, though. Yeah, you got to think about yeah. that. You got to factor that the in. The best thing, honestly, is like Andy Johnson, maybe understand it. It was like, if you give Tom Brady 11 seconds to throw the ball, of course he's going to find someone open. Yeah. Like the skill in your sport ought to be like, can you do it in the allotted time? There's right? a constraint, like, yeah. right? So like Patrick Mahomes can make that read in three seconds and Dak Prescott can make it in seven. That's, that's a great example. That's <laughs> what makes Patrick Mahomes a better quarterback, right? You have to be able to do it quickly and process it quickly. And if you can't do it, it means you're not as good of a mental, like your your mental skills at golf are not as good. That's part of the competition. Totally. Yeah. Matt Jones, number one player in the world now. Well, so basically what, if I can sum up your thesis in, in one statement is your team, Grayson Murray. 
No, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, well, he, he blocked me. So my, my own teammate blocked me. I couldn't even see. Everybody was tagging me in. Couldn't even see what he was tweeting. The Bottom only line, way this situation could have got worse is it reactivated Grayson, Grayson Murray. <laughs> Bottom line, though, like it's, uh, I don't know. I just like, guys, there's a fatwa. All right. Okay. Down. There's a fatwa. There's a fa- right now. There's a fatwa on Golf Digest. Okay. There's a fatwa on I can't remember if it's on or off on Billy Horschel. Yeah. I think it's on right we'll now. Check the check the records. And then on Kevin Knott right now. Mm. You know he as we've seen in the past, you can get your way off the list. He's just so corny. Like I don't think he's gonna get his way off the list because he's. Like everything he does is like the whole it doesn't the, the whole me, the whole Dustin Johnson thing that was bad. So like he's just a fucking weasel, man. <laughs> that was really bad. I can't bad. stand him. He's just I a kind cornball. Of, I thought he was coming around a little bit, and then he pulled that move at the match play where he he, he I forget exactly what it was. He didn't. Uh, he like he gave he, he had, said, yeah. He, I, DJ, I didn't give you that. And he, uh, he, he had gave him like, like thirty seconds, yeah, or whatever, and tried to pull. Just something so you're off. clear, I didn't give you that. Yeah, and. That, w- that was weird. I enjoyed it. He came on the podcast last year. I enjoyed chatting with him. I kind of gave him a little bit of grief here and there, and he responded pretty well for me. I kind of felt like he had turned the corner and got a little bit more self-aware, but it feels like we might be backtracking a little bit. I, I just, and, like, all the, you know, it's like I, I, like, I, I want to like James Hahn. James Hahn, like, with the, like, all the walking in the putt stuff kind of reminds me of the James Hahn Gangnam style thing. <laughs> That's not his fault that it got replayed so many times. Know, he did it once. But it's the same thing with it's the same thing with Kevin Knott's. Like every time every you time. hear him, man, he walks in these putts. It's yes. cool. Or like you That's know, the announcers just ruining it. On yeah, repeat. yeah, yeah. And I'm it's like, you. hey, man, like you know, like I, I don't, like I want to like you, but you're making it tough. I like it when guys can get it around in a different way, right? So we ought to really like Kevin Knott because it's it's different. Like he doesn't hit it that far. There's only so many courses he compete at. His career is kind of remarkable. Right. It's amazing. Like, totally right? amazing. But. You know, it's when you're dragging ass out there, like it's a frustrating thing. Yeah. Because I, I just, I totally do believe it has a, an effect, uh, an outward effect on the rest of golf. That when, when guys drag ass, like it's, it's why I'm sometimes playing in Muni in freaking Baltimore and some dudes are yeah. taking 14 practice swings. Like they were a hole and a half, almost two holes behind today. No consequence whatsoever. Hmm. As far as we know. I assume they were not put on the clock. I didn't see any update yeah. on that, but they did catch up eventually. Because uh, I was, I was following. Right? Yeah, I was following it. But it's uh, like a you know, two shot par five, eighteenth hole. Yeah, yeah, of course. They well, did. I mean, uh, Slugger White said he didn't want to make sure that some kids get you know family didn't go to go to college. He does because, have some cute kids. Because yeah. uh, if you throw a stroke, something you could cost somebody. Well, now Slugger's world. worried about you know kids going to University of Riyadh. Or- <laughs> <laughs> economic city. You know, well, the, yes, the Medina, Medina A and M. Medina, excuse me. Medina, uh, Medina number three A and M. At yes, Probably standing like a lot of feminist studies. There. <laughs> at yes, standing down said, "Was Kevin Na's clap back really that good?" Referring to Grayson Murray. If you didn't miss this somehow, Grayson Murray tweeted. Uh, that something that basically what TC is saying again, they're very well aligned here in a lot of aspects, saying that you know he should get penalized for the slow play, and, and Kevin Knock clap back said, or he's the slow play is getting old. Kevin Knock clap back saying, "You missing the cut is getting old," Ooh. and it was that was a, yeah that was, uh, just no, not not great. Everyone's like, "Oh, he buried him!" I'm like, "Dude, that's like that's legit a first grade comeback." You'll never guess what Kevin Knock said. <laughs> Click through I, this slideshow to find out. I said something like, "Like you know, I couldn't see the reply. I heard it was pretty." Grayson's always up to high school stuff, though. You know? <laughs> Moving on, 
God, Medina A&M. That, that got me pretty good. Uh, anything else from Wildlife? Hayden Buckley. I'm impressed. He's off to a really, really, really good start. You know who else we got to give a shout out to, or else we're going to get skewed. Seamus Power. Seamus Power. Really good golf. 65 65 on the weekend. Didn't win. Did not win. Uh, he has played some, playing some excellent golf. Shout out to all of our friends over there in Ireland. Michael Thompson's beard. That deserves a shout out of yeah. some kind. That was that was jarring. We got to talk about Hao Tong Lee. Hao Tong Lee just got off the range after uh, his finish here at the, at the Sony Open. He had uh, he shot one under today, which is moving backwards a little bit. T twelve for him. But he um, had been in the freaking wilderness until he played well oh at the Dunhill God. last year. But I think he missed like I don't know fifteen or eighteen cuts in a row. Because I mean, basically after the Presidents Cup at uh, Royal Melbourne, when he showed up completely unprepared, I think his physio was caddying for him. Like it was not a good situation. Not taking it seriously at all. And then all of a sudden he shows up. He's wearing the, this outrageous bucket hat and these glasses and. How Tong Lee is back. He needs oh. swing coach. Yeah. <laughs> I, shout out to Cam Smith for cashing that big ass check and being like, "Yeah, mate, I'm not going another four rounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just piecing out. No, he, he two under and bail. He was he missed the cut. Yeah, he that's was, what I'm saying. And he was paired with Kevin Na. Was he married? That's with Kevin? part okay. of the fucking reason. <laughs> yeah. I think he but like, if you had just won like two million dollars and like you, you obviously don't, you're in Hawaii, so you're not gonna just gonna like go home, so you don't withdraw from the tournament. But you're like. You're not gonna grind for the whole weekend. No. Or whatever. Your your mission is accomplished. Uh, having won, you know, the, the century, especially if you're Cam. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I'm. I hope he had a few beverages, and I hope he just was like, yeah, whatever, man. I'm just kind of. That's like, a lock. I yeah. think. Adam Svensson with Tim Tucker on the bag finished 17 under T7. I don't know if that's a long-term thing. I know Svensson had Ted Scott on the bag in the fall, I believe, as well. So he's really trying to recruit some of the uh, – he's a, a two-time winner on the Corn Ferry Tour last year, graduate from the Corn Ferry Tour, and and uh, playing some good golf. And I, I don't know the connection there, but uh, – I thought Tim Tucker was doing that abandoned shuttle thing. I like think he is. Uh, I think he still is. It's just – you know, he's an entrepreneur. Well, okay. yeah, after they mutually parted ways, you know, he just maybe yeah. decided to get started to get back in the game. Okay. He, he, maybe. Was, he was all of a sudden liquid as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Slow week at Bandon. It was like, ah, I'll caddy in the Sony. Corey uh, Connors shot a 64 today, finished 11th. I'm again going to predict a big ass year for Corey Connors. On so. the PGA or the LPGA? <laughs> you guys are the worst. I, dumbest <laughs> joke. DJ one time made a comment like he's got like an LPGA tour swing. He's like the 10th best driver in the game of golf. <laughs> no, he's unreal. No, I know. He like doesn't miss fairly. Like, yeah. He's got an LPGA Silky tour game. Like, that's he hits like it far, ultimate. though. He hits it pretty far. It's a very, very good compliment. Okay. I, I kind of see where you're going, but it can be taken the wrong way. Co but. Connors is the one who, like they said on the U.S. Open, what a great putter he is. He's like the <laughs> 170th putter. Not a good putter. Like, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it's really hard for me to get that. I always think of like Corey Connors being like a good putter because I've been misled by various. It's people. tough during the U.S. Open too when you can't pull up yes. like readily stats. Yeah. From, you know, I'm super curious to see how the Farmers goes this year, ending on a Saturday. I mean, we say it every year, but it's just a it's like a bummer this tournament goes up against NFL football. Like it kind of felt silly to be watching golf this afternoon. So we're sure it's the Farmers. It's the Farmers. I got it wrong. I thought it was waste management with the Super Bowl, which would also make a lot of sense. But they actually do do a good job of getting waste management done before the Super Bowl kicks unless off. Unless JB Holmes is playing. Unless JB Holmes is playing, but the Farmers is what's moved up. 
uh, to Saturday finish, which I'm, I hope that works out well because was it the Golden Globes that JD Holmes delayed that one. <laughs> oh my god! I think four minutes. Oscars. JD Holmes might have killed the Golden Globes. Like there's there's been no Golden Globes in like two years. I mean, it, it was you, it was COVID you, uh, and and you know Me Too and racism and all that. But uh, <laughs> might have been JD Holmes too. That's what he iced Norin for like yeah. four and a half minutes. That was or was it Norin? Yeah, it was Norin. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which you you know I don't think you were too torn up about that. Well, but. You know. Well, I mean, uh, Cream Rises. I'm sure he, you know, he. I'm sure he, you know, came through very shortly after that as a top ten player in the world. I, I don't have the, the record in front of me, but I'm sure he did. I do think there's a a bone saw effect on the schedules. All here. of the tournaments, I think, where the you know you've got. Uh, it's a little early for that, though, isn't it? It is, but uh, so that's going up against Pebble, which is the first week in February. So you've got you know guys that are going to basically. Like, like, who's playing American Express? I haven't looked at the at the field yet for that one. But, I mean, basically, the, the goal for the Sony Open should be to keep as many guys from Kapalua uh, as you possibly can. And they did not do a very good you job. You pronounced of it. it right. I listened to the Poosh podcast. <laughs> he was very mad at my pronunciation. Kapalua. Kapalua. Okay. They just did not retain much of any. I mean, JT won here by seven shots, and he's he's not sticking around to play one more week? Like, I, I don't know, man. That's That seems, that seems bizarre to me. But... Uh, I, I struggle to like figure out what guys want to do with with their schedule, anyways. But it seems like a golf course that you play really well at, you'd want to play at more frequently. But yeah, they did not retain very many players from Century. I'll be super curious to see who plays Phoenix too. I think that's going to be the big like litmus test because I mean everybody's going to play Riv. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're probably going to want a week off between Saudi and and uh, Riv. So yeah, Phoenix yeah. is Phoenix is probably going. I mean, everything around both week of and the week before and week after Saudi is going to going to be uh, quite the the price to pay. I I, I reported slash I didn't really know the rumor that uh, the Saudi is not going to air on Golf Channel, and no one has corrected me yet on that, which I would have thought would have gotten corrected if that was not true. So I will just again reiterate the rumor that the Saudi International might not be airing on Golf Channel. Uh, if so that is air period, like it if that is be... wrong, they just, I don't know if the tour is flexing a muscle of some kind. It's an Asian tour event. They don't okay. air a lot of Asian tour events, but a lot of the top players in the world will be playing there. Um, I don't know if that's a huh. strategic Alliance thing, but please correct me if wrong. Aunt, I do not know if this is true or not, but I've heard that rumor and no one corrected me the last time I said it. Aunt so. Molly, where are you? Please. Someone confirm it. I've reached out to, to, to many sources and, uh, can't get an answer on that, but should mention as well, Kevin Kisner, T3 this week, also made a little bit of news on the Golf Subpar podcast. May I read some quotes to you? He was bemoaning being left off the Ryder Cup team. He said, I don't know, man. They don't like me, I guess. I've had the same phone call for about four cups in a row from about every captain. Man, you were on the team, then you didn't play well in the playoffs. Okay, bud. I don't know. I don't give a shit. It's too political for me. I didn't really care, and I don't get caught up in that shit. I love Stricker to death, but he didn't pick me this year, which I get. I didn't play worth a shit in the playoff. Reaction to that. I mean, he would have made a ton of sense at golf nasty now. We said that leading up as well. But also, it's funny. It's like, I don't know what the, the, it's like the 26th guy not making the, uh, like the, the Dodgers in the playoffs and they go on and win the world series. I'm like, yeah, I didn't get, I didn't get the call to the team. It was too political. It's like so political, bro. The team literally set a wreck. I think they did a pretty good job picking the team, right? Like, so it's a weird position. I'm sure it's probably said in jest. I didn't listen to the actual audio and, and whatnot. And I get it. You want to be a part of it, but like, 
that kind of typifies the American like approach to a lot of Ryder Cups in the past, and maybe why he didn't fit in great with the team, and, and uh, ignoring the course fit factor of all of that as well. But just a weird timing for all that. Literally the best team in the, the U.S. has ever had. To be fair, I mean, it's not like like Kevin. Like, I think people were kind of throwing out Kevin Na's name, and they wanted nothing to do with Kevin Na on that team either. Yeah. It also kind of reminds me of the is there, gym. There. Is there a Kevin Fatwa? <laughs> Prejudice real, against Kevin. You okay? Watch out, <laughs> Kevin Stadler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, it kind of reminds me. There's a there's a Jim Rome softball guy bit. Who's you know he's got all this pent up rage about not getting selected for you know the varsity team or whatever, and and he's like, yeah, dude, like you know varsity coach just hated you that much. You're a generational talent, but man. Fuck this guy. He's not on the team. Like, <laughs> he's the best guy that's ever walked the halls of this of, of this high school before. But you know what? I just don't like him. So he's not going to be on the team. Like, yeah, I don't think that's how it Probably is. Probably not. Probably it's not. not. Oh, if only Kevin Kisner had some people online who were advocating for him constantly. Right? That, it's like then, political is probably. Yeah. I don't know what he. I don't know what he exactly meant by that. I think there's like a, I, I, I know what he meant, but I think he's like missing the point of like, yes, there's a hundred percent like a team camaraderie. Like sure. I'm talking to you and talking to you. And like, I think we should all be on the team together. Part of that. And like a little bit of cool kids. And I, I don't know, I consider kids probably one of the cool kids, but meaning like, Hey, these, all these dudes that grew up like playing junior golf together and competing against each other, like wanted to be on a team together. And I also think like he, he probably has a beef with like analytics, right? Maybe, that's probably yeah, the yeah. thing that didn't love him with, yeah. you Look, know, two out of the last three. Has he had success in match play? Yes. Yes. Has that success continued? Like, did he play great in match play this year? Like, mm, I don't think so, right? Like, he got bounced uh, fairly early. I can't remember exactly, but he wasn't like... Even that, it's a totally different golf course. Totally. I know it's Pete Dye, but it, it, it just didn't... It didn't line up. And honestly, if this was 2018, we can have this conversation. Yeah. And I think it would have been an interesting conversation to have. But this year was just a totally different thing. And I, I'm surprised that he would he would like to relitigate that. But again, it's a podcast. Like, yeah. I know how those stories go. Like, totally. you're telling a story of, you know, how things are affected to you. And it when you write it down in print, it looks a lot different. So I give him the benefit of the doubt if on you're that. Kevin but Kisner, I just found that funny. If you're Kevin Kisner, you got to believe... Some, you got to tell yourself a story, right? Yeah. To, in order to continue to be successful at golf, exactly. you probably shouldn't be a PGA Tour player based on your talent alone. So something has you got to have allowed you yeah. to fucking be good enough to play at that level for a long time and to win some tournaments, whatever. So like, yeah, if I was Kevin Kisner, I would never stray from that thing. Oh, I got I got screwed. Like, Nobody dude, believes like, in yeah, me. Yeah, I'm gonna continue yeah. to whatever. Where like logically, like. You, you know, he's standing there hitting four iron where John Rahm's got nine iron into a hole. Like, that's not a, a great, uh, I don't care if you think about analytics or like anecdote, anecdotes. Like, yeah. that's that's not a good measure for the U.S. to like win the Ryder Cup. And I know it's a boring answer, but like, it's not that hard to be like, man, I really want to be on one of those teams. Like, obviously, they did a great job yeah. picking the team. Like, they went out and achieved, and it's hard for me to say I would have done any better, than, you know, but I would love to contribute to those because I want to play for the team. It's totally different than like, I don't know, man. They just won't pick me. <laughs> uh, look, I'm always in favor of athletes answering honestly, even if it makes yes. them look obnoxious. Bryson says it's obnoxious shit. But I hope he always keeps saying it, right? Because yeah. like it's it's that's true to Bryson's worldview, and I think it's probably the same true of kids. Like, yeah, just keep saying that, man. Like, be you, and then we can, you know, either criticize it or not, or appreciate the honesty, but also be critical of it in the sort of logical sense. But please don't like just turn into some someone saying like, you know, you know, couldn't make any putts out there. Like, who knows? Yeah. Dude, like, like 
Michael Jordan did that till the very end. His alias at, at hotels was like the dude that beat him out for the yeah. for the squad, <laughs> like the JV or the freshman team or whatever. Larry Green or something like that. Like it was, like like he, you got to be wired that way, yeah. right? Well, in in fairness to kids, this week he did walk away with some major cash four hundred forty two thousand dollars, four hundred forty two thousand five hundred dollars. Speaking of cash, if you will, Cash App. Easiest way to send, spend, and save your money. You get to see the full, you get the full experience tonight, KVB. Cash app. You can send or request money from friends or family when they owe you money for dinner, et cetera. Golf bets. We've said this a couple times now. We are settling golf bets in Bitcoin this year. Are you going to get on that, TC? Yeah. I, oh God, you guys were explaining Bitcoin to me earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm late to the draw. On that. I was texting KVB about it today, too. It's 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 this brand new thing. You you guys get you'll learn about it. Trust me. It. Maybe there's a whole podcast on the chapter about Bitcoin. Oh, I could say a lot of wrong things about it. Club, there, yeah. you can invest in any stocks directly on the app. So you know you collect some money from a bet. You can put it right into Tesla stock if you want, Apple stock, whatever you want. It's awesome. <laughs> I might start betting. Like you know, you we're, can, we're gonna bet one share. Yes, of Tesla. It's stock. so. <laughs> we're gonna bet a share of Shopify stock this week. Yeah. I'm not joking. The cash like Cash App is legitimately fun. Like, I enjoy my time using that app, which I would not have not have guessed. It comes with a debit card. Here's why you're you're gonna want to do this now. You can use referral code no laying up, which gives new users $15 and Cash App sets aside $10 for each sign up to a 501c3 verified charity of our choice. We're close to coming to the conclusion on what that's gonna be. But in the future, we're gonna be giving away cash straight up. We're gonna come up with a bunch of different ideas to be given up giving straight cash away. You need to sign up for it. You need to have a cash tag. So you're going to be eligible for this. So do it now. Use promo code, no laying up all one word. You get 15 free dollars and $10 to a charity of our choice. It's awesome. I really enjoy this app. So. I actually paid with my cash tag out in California last week. It's, it feels pretty cool. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. I, was like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I know this I'm because hip. I, I've been doing a story about Aaron Rodgers that's coming out soon. Uh, he asked the Packers through the like he partnered with Cash App to have his, part of his salary paid in Bitcoin this year. Uh, not the first NFL player to do it. Russell Okung, I think, was the first guy, but it was it was like a weird thing. Aaron Rodgers wanted to be paid in Bitcoin. OBJ right? Saquon Barkley, it's coming a thing. I'm requested from Big Randy, our CFO, as well. So. <laughs> LPGA season begins this week at the Hilton Grand Vacations Tournament of Champions at Lake Noda. 28-player field, the celebrities, the whole big deal. You know, I know Big Randy's excited about all the celebrities playing in it. Annika's playing as a celebrity. Roger Clemens, Marcus Allen, Charles Woodson, John Smoltz, of course, going to have the SK7 putter, I'm sure, the stand-up putter. Larry the Cable Guy. It's not a celebrity tournament without Larry the Cable Guy. Brett Bayer. Brian Baumgartner and many others, uh, 28 players in the field, includes Michelle Wee West on a medical maternity exemption for a tournament champions. I don't know how that works, but I'm excited for her to watch her play. Anna Norquist, Aria Jutanagar, and Brooke Henderson, Danielle Kang, Georgia Hall, Celine Boudier, I put that one in there for you, TC. Thank you. Jessica Corda, Nellie Corda, Lydia Ko, Madeline Sagstrom, Patty Tavitanikit, Sophia Popov, Stacey Lewis, Yuka Sasso, among Many others excited for this. What's got you most excited for the LPGA this year? Well, first of all, I want to I want to pour one out for our guy, Big Flask. Yeah, Michael Flask. We had a very spirited trap draw last year <laughs> after the uh, what was known at the time as the Diamond Resorts 
Tournament of Champions, now the Hilton Grand Vacations. Big Flask was gracious enough to come on the trap draw and kind of defend because there was a big outcry last year after this tournament. They kind of messed up the TV coverage of it. They were showing a lot. They were showing, showing the, the amateur celebs. division. Well, you mean when they waited 23 minutes on the 17th <laughs> oh, tee for Marty Fish to punt out? <laughs> there was some bad <laughs> shit going on there. Like really, really, really bad shit. Yeah. So yeah, I'm kind. Of, I'm actually one of the things I'm most excited about. See how they cover this tournament yeah. this year. Uh, that's one of the because he came on and was like, "I hear you, and we're gonna make it better." And I yeah. was like, "You know what, Big Flask, salute to you." But then Hilton Grand Vacations yeah. bought them out, and you know, and now Big Flask is is out doing his own thing on 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 you know on the event side. You so, won't even believe what he's doing exactly. on the event side. Um, first things first, Jin Young Co versus Nelly. I mean, that's I'm excited for that this year. Fired up again. Um, you know. Nelly came out firing. Jin Young Ko kind of kind of finished it, uh, and then I think Lydia Ko is gonna gonna keep getting in that mix. I think she's she's been uh, kind of came out firing April May last year, and then finished the season strong as well. So that's that's my first thing I'm excited about LPGA wise. I think Lydia might win a major this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna, gonna that. Low, lay that down. Okay, you know I think how many uh, she won? Pine Needles would be a good uh, spot for her. I want to say two majors. I think okay. Yes, you're a you. I feel like you were on the Lydia Co. beat there. For I a wrote a, while. a magazine uh, piece about Lydia Co. Uh, back in the day, and uh, had a dinner with her and followed her around for a little bit. And, what uh, was your impression of her having dinner with her? Oh, one of the nicest people. She's like, amazing. Uh, super charming. Signed a couple golf gloves for my daughters uh, when I had sort of mentioned that they were interested in golf. Um, I don't think she loved the story because it was, you know, Ledbetter was a little critical of her uh, and her father, right? And her parents. Yeah. Uh, and um, I, you know, I tried, you know, very hard to. I, I was like, this is not. I'm not here to like flatter you. I'm I'm here to write a real story about how you were literally one of the greatest players through age 18, like you know, who's ever come along. And all of a sudden, like it got much harder in part because you totally ripped up your swing and rebuilt it. And I mean, she was like an absolute artist with like her wedges. Yeah. And you know, I think, I think it was Horschel of all people. It was like, it's like taking a scalpel to the Mona Lisa when Ledbetter, you know, like ripped up her swing and was like, Oh, let's, let's do the a swing or whatever. Like take it, take it way outside then drop it in to try to get you more power. And Ledbetter was to his credit was like, called him and was like, Hey, and he just was, you know, he, he went off. He was like, eh, <laughs> this is, you know, her parents are way too involved in her life. She needs to break away from that. Like they're the ones who made a lot of the decisions and you know, she, I hope I love her. I think she's a great kid. Like she needs to like, become know, her own yeah. person. Yeah. And you know, I, I followed her for a couple of tournaments and like she would miss like a, you know, four footer for par and her dad would be like, Oh, like, yeah, you know, he would be absolutely like devastated. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, if you're living and dying with, like in a stroke play, like life, like that's kind of a tough thing to sort of deal. So mm. it was cool that she won, you know, medal in the Olympics. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think she's probably in a better place mentally and stuff. And, you know, I, I think I'd like to see a follow up from you on that okay. where, mm. you know, like the, the evolution of Lydia Ko. I'd like that. Too. Or, you know, if there is an evolution or maybe yeah. it's the same old thing. She right? said she's going to be done. Part of the, the hook of the story was that she's going to walk away from the game at 30. Cause she had, a, she's like, yeah, I'm going to, I've spent whatever, how many years. And I don't, so, you know, we don't have that many. And she's like 24 now. I was going to say it's, yeah. it's coming up real soon. Yeah. No, she's 24 still. Yeah. Like <laughs> she won two majors. She won the 2015 Avion and then she won the 2016 A and a inspiration. Yeah. And she's 24 now. <laughs> like it's just, it's wild, man. She was 17 when she won the Avion, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I sure hope 
you know, I, she was she played amazing golf last year. She was kind of speed like comeback. You know, yeah. didn't really get a, a ton out of it. I think she only won one time last year. But was uh, in a lot more. It was a lot more competitive. Like, yes, just, just like figured it out. Whatever yeah. it is, to get. she won the ladies' bone saw last year too. Oh yeah, she won the Lota Championship last year by seven shots. That's right. Uh, and she had, she had another. I feel like tournament where she should have won, came in eighteen, made like a seven or something, that, where she kind of blew it. So is it? She's a lot more competitive than she was when she was kind of in the wilderness for yep. a couple of years. I'm, yeah, I mean, she finished second in the in the ANA last year. Yeah, like she almost she shot sixty two or something yeah, in the final round. Crazy. Almost ran Patty T down, who kind of looked like was going to run away with that one. Uh, I'm excited for the Yuka Sasso Yato. Uh, obviously, the U.S. Women's Open champion last year. You know, I watched her for the first time at the Lota Championship in April last year. Was just amazed by the golf swing, the power. Uh, I followed her for a couple rounds at the KPMG Women's PGA. I felt like feel like she's got world number one written all over. Her. She's with Callaway now. That's not the only reason I'm looking for the Yato, but uh, she was out at the the Century Tournament of Champions, following Hideki around, and the tour actually posted a, a PGA tour posted a great video of her following around, just commenting on things and just kind of like being amazed at the places they're hitting it and stuff like that. I just I I find her energy kind of uh, in, infectious. I'm excited excited to watch her play. So. The women are going to be playing at Muirfield this summer as say, well. That's on my list. Good venues, yeah. yeah. Um, the Chevron Championship is the last iteration of this in Palm Springs before it moves to Houston. They don't have they announced the course for that yet, I don't think, yet, right? They have not. Okay. U.S. Women's Open is at Southern Pines. Sorry, I'm Excuse sorry. me, Pine Needles. I don't know why I wrote Southern Pines in here. Good. I said Pine Needles, and I was like, wait, was that wrong? <laughs> it's Pine Needles. Yeah. Although Southern Pines would be sick. Too. It would. It would. I got, I'm excited to see Southern Pines. KPMG Women's PGA is at Congressional. Very excited to see what Andrew Green did there. I I, I hope the, your opinion of Congressional changes. I really do. Uh, oh, I'm, I mean, A, me too, but B, I, I think. Unequivocally, it will based on everything I'm hearing. Come uh, to come to the DMV. Let's check it out no. together. You know? <laughs> that sounds like a threat. Yeah. <laughs> Step to the DMV, right? You know? uh, uh, I put the Avion again. I put an asterisk on this because I don't consider it a major. If Stacy Lewis uh, says it's not a major, I don't call it a major. If players skip it. Not a major. Sorry. The, the fairways look like a parking lot. Yeah, no uh, thanks. Two years ago, I think it was not for uh, me. And then uh, the AIG Women's Open at Muirfield. I got major grief from like groundskeeper Twitter. Like, they don't use chemicals in France. How dare you? You know, like you, especially you when know. it's going to seep into the groundwater where yeah. they're bottling all this grease. Evian is probably the true like liquid gold of France. <laughs> right? You can't you can't mess with that just for some. They're freaking not dumping golf pesticides in Fiji either. Yeah. Come on, man. How dare I? Uh, my, my American arrogance think that they should use you know weed killer. Yeah. <laughs> you know you. you you belong at Augusta, all right? <laughs> That's, yeah, not my good. ideal golf Not course. good. Yeah, sorry. I know Leona McGuire's on your list. Oh, you know She's it. on my list as well. But on that same note, Mat Matilda Castron is on mine as well. I, I followed her a lot at the Solheim. Uh, she had a really, really good rookie year, 2020. Kind of took a step back last year, I think getting comfortable. I think 2022 is going to be a big year for her. Yep, Leona's on mine. I want to see her piggyback, piggyback off that ridiculous Solheim Cup. She will actually be a guest on the podcast this coming week, coming up uh, this Tuesday. I had a chance to chat with her yesterday, so excited about that. What else you got? I got, they're going to Cincinnati. It's going to be awesome. We're on to Cincinnati, September. Uh, Kroger Queen City Championship, as much as that pains me to give a shout out to Kroger. Yeah. Uh, and pr it's presented by the Proctoids at Proctor oh. and Gamble. So uh, we'll, we will be there in a big way. I'm excited for that one. And then lastly, I'd love that Wilshire event that they have, and they're going to Sataquoy this year instead of instead of Lake Merced. 
LPGA, I'm going to have to ask you to put the golf courses of your tournaments up on the website. It's a, you have to work a little hard to see what courses the events are going to be at. I just listen. We're hard on the PGA Tour. I'm going to have to be hard on our yeah. friends at the LPGA Tour as well. Absolutely. I, it, look, I have two daughters. Uh, one of those things are walking into. I, I'm a father of two daughters. <laughs> You gotta like do the things right if you want to be taken like as equally serious. Like you, you also gotta handle criticism. Like that, you should you should be feel look good about it. If people, if we're talking about the LBJ in like a smart, critical way, that's a good thing, right? Don't don't just expect like positive coverage. So like, step it up. Like put out press releases that says this is the field this week. This is where they're playing. Like all of that should be they do that. They do that. It's just yeah. on the website. It's not super yeah. easy to go in and oh, see the golf course. Yeah. I literally just tried to find the field for this week, and it was like a nightmare to try to find. This is a, it's make it hard. Speaking of that, that reminds me of my other outstanding fatwa. Okay. Was that Salas? Oh, yeah. Because oh, of the slow play. Oh, my God. Nelly. Yeah. Like, she might be the worst defender of all of them. So that was tough. That was a tough scene. Calculate how to hit hybrid into all those holes. <laughs> That's a tougher ask. You guys want to talk some Netflix? Sure. The, uh, I don't know, I guess, finally, the PGA Tour officially announced it. I mean, this has been announced for, for a couple months that the PGA Tour would be teaming up uh, with Netflix for a Drive to Survive-like series. A putt uh, to survive. Putt, drive, the Netflix UK tweeted, so drive, pitch, and putt to survive. I was like, actually, yeah, that's kind of PGA Tour golf. That's pretty darn close. Um, what any, any takeaways from the announcements? I'll run through here kind of the, the names of the, of the people that are scheduled to be involved in it. This is in alphabetical order. Abe Answer, Daniel Berger, Cameron Champ, Joel Damon, Tony Finau, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, Ricky Fowler, of course, Sergio Garcia, Harry Higgs, Max Homa, Victor Hovland, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, uh, Colin Morikawa, Kevin Na, Kita Nakajima, Mito Pereira, Ian Poulter, Xander Shoffley, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Bubba Watson. Surprises? Surprises in? Surprises out? Kind of what do you, what do you think of the, the list of people we're going to hear from? I'm excited to see Mito. Kind of confused that Mito's involved, but not Joaquin Neiman. Like you would think, you know, they're trying to get a South, South American, American guy, presence, yeah. but that's kind of weird. Surprised to see Dustin Johnson yeah. involved. I would have thought he would have been like, I'm good, man. <laughs> Harry Higgs, Max Holm, of course. Those are exciting, uh, you know, kind of to see the guys that are way behind in terms of, of publicity, as Bryson said, which we'll get to here in a second. But, yeah, it looks like they're trying to, you know, obviously not just focusing on the Americans, not just focusing on, focusing on top stars, which is a, a good sign. And, uh um, uh, notable names that we don't see in there, Rory, Phil, Bryson, Tiger. I think we can kind of go down the list pretty easily as to, as to why those, those names probably aren't in there, but Rory, I'm sure golf pass probably has something to do with it in some way. Uh, Bryson, any number of reasons, his thriving YouTube channel or not wanting to give up editorial control of what gets published is probably what I would guess the, be the reasoning for him do, not uh, being involved. Phil? He's definitely not on PEDs, though. He's not. He, he did the YouTube video yeah. to test that. Yeah. Phil hates the PGA Tour for some reason <laughs> and doesn't want to do it. Tiger, I don't know exactly why not. Probably golf TV kind Tiger of thing TV, yeah. in there. But um, I think as soon as that pit money hits Phil's account, he's, he's out. Yeah. Deuces, man. <laughs> I feel like, you know, Spieth is a huge key, right? Spieth and Brooks by your most recognizable names. And uh, so, yes, like, I don't watch Drive to Survive, so I may be a little bit over my skis here. But, like, you got to have some storylines of, like, the actual, like, best people, right? Like, yeah. if it was only, if Drive to Survive, I imagine, was only about the 13th best 
drivers, like it would be a little less interesting if you didn't get a look at Lewis and, and well, Max, right? What's interesting, the very first season, they did not have any access to Mercedes or Ferrari. Okay. And uh, a big takeaway from that for me was the importance that they placed and they made you actually feel like you cared about who finished fifth and sixth, mm-hmm. which is a big part of Formula That's One. Like Finau is, yeah. is the midfield battle. <laughs> You know, Finau versus uh, Shoffley. Yeah. That's that's the midfield. It's, I like, have, it's like Renault and Alpine. You know, I have. Uh, I, I'm most. I'm almost all excited for this. I'm excited. I think it's gonna be great for hardcore golf fans. I think it'll be pretty good for, for casual golf fans. Too. I think. I mean, anything that's gonna be an imit. Like, I hope it's not an imitation of Drive to Survive. It's two totally different sports. It's totally different atmospheres. The excitement levels very very different. What worked for Drive to Survive so well was it was a glimpse into a sport that was under-realizing its market because, and they had a, a strategy to reach new fans once this series came out. It being on ESPN, commercial-free, with just awesome announcers and a great experience of watching it was what helped make it successful. It The series is good, but it made it introduced you to a sport that is actually a fun, it's a blast to follow. They trash talk each other. The whole thing is set up for entertainment Sometimes to a fault, the way that se- the season ended. Shout if, out Michael Massey. If the tour doesn't have a plan to handle a possible influx of new people, i.e. fix the broadcast, they're going to miss out on an opportunity, I think, here, if this series is successful. Uh, I know the guys that are creating it are you know, are pretty uh, stouchly saying that it's going to be an independent. There's no editorial control given. But the fact that majors... I'll believe that when I see it. But the though. majors are involved yeah. in this, too. Like, that's huge, right? If you, if you do a... Uh, if you try to pretend the PGA Tour is the biggest thing in golf, like the thing is going to suck. But if you have the majors involved in it, and able to follow guys in that in Augusta, are you kidding me? Like this could be Riddler, really, man. it could be really, really good. It has yeah. the potential to be. We've been dying for somebody outside hands to get their hands on not marketing this product, but like telling the story of it in a way that cuts through the bullshit of the class acts tour. And it has potential for that, but Shout out, shout out to Fred Ridley. Like the Masters yeah. being in on this is like a, something you never would have thought no. 10, 15 years ago. So for them to sort of see, like, hey, this is overall beneficial to golf. Like, a shit, even kid. five years ago with yeah. Billy, anything Billy Payne really Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Like, I, you know, I, I think like Hootie and Billy in some ways were like maybe a little bit. Hootie, especially, probably gets a bad rap in some ways. He was more progressive than like a lot of the previous guys, but like. Fred Ridley seems to be like a very forward, like the, the every shot thing and like a just bringing the Masters into the modern world uh, yeah. is, you know, give him credit to that. Like, don't don't gush over it because they got a, they, they needed to get in a lot of ways, but, you know, they're, they're doing what they can. I think something that'll help it will be golf's on a lot more than F1, right? Like there's yep. one, you know, so let's say you watch this, chances are... Will that help it or will that hurt it? <laughs> yeah, probably a little bit of both. But like, you know, let's say you do want to, Test out a PGA Tour event now. Like, well, you know, once <laughs> you, you couldn't do, even get through that. Once sentence. you test that out, you know, we'll see what you think. But you know, fifty whatever, forty six or forty seven weeks a year, there's one of these versus you know, there's how many races? Twenty something, you know, eighteen. Yeah. Now it's twenty three. I yeah. think now, which is the the Formula One people are complaining that it's too many. Yeah. So I think that also, uh, you know, I mean, there was a lot of glad handing and patting themselves on the back, just you know, kind of announcing the roster and all that. Like, hey, they, uh, you know. We'll see what we get here. I'm kind of surprised Sungjae is not involved. I think yeah. he would have been a really interesting guy to follow. I don't understand why Sergio is involved. I know. That seems like a weird one. Although, I, I mean, I guess this is just kind of an all-encompassing thing. And then, 
I mean, how many episodes are there in a season of, of Drive to Survive? Eight to ten? Something like that, yeah. Right? So it's, you know, you've got kind of guys that you can rely upon for interviews or whatever, even to provide context to what's going on, even if they're not intimately involved, right? Well, and that's what, you know, the Drive to Survive, the the, fur, the more you're involved in the sport, I think the more flaws you see in it because you can't, you know, you, you decide – how, how documentaries work, and, and we have the teeny tiny bit of experience in this, is like you can't have cameras everywhere all the time. Like you can't yeah. make – there's no guarantee you're going to catch what you need to catch. You might be following Max Homa at Riviera this year, and he might miss the cut, whereas he won it the year before. And like you missed – you know, Finau will probably win it, and you aren't following him that week, and you try to shoehorn – like it, it's going to be interesting how they actually go about covering the events. It's a lot and, more uh, weeks, a yes. lot, more, lot more players, a lot bigger – you know, like span of time each week to do it. Like I'm shocked that Cam Smith's not involved in it. Yeah, right? I, I I think like Rom is the one that I, I wish yeah. most of all. Like I, I get why Rory uh, Rory would be the person I would most want to follow for the course of a season, but I get why the golf pass stuff would eliminate him from doing it because like he's been convinced and and Rory probably in part signed that golf pass deal because he didn't want to do a thousand different things. Yeah. Like he it's easy for him to say no. But like, just what's John Rom's reason for saying no? Like, I I think John Rom could win two majors this year, and how do you do a docu series about the year if you don't have any access to the literally the number one player in the world who has like the most dominant season? Like, what if Rom wins five times? Yeah, no one would be like, oh, that's you know, like Lewis Hamilton though. Yeah, they did the first season without any access to Lewis. And it was a trial, and they, they saw the popularity. Red Bull got a ton of fans out of that first season because they made they opened up yeah. the doors. You know, you can kind of do whatever you want with our players and our team principal, and it got them a lot of fans. And so that's what that's the thing with when your marketability is so tied to your appeal to fans. I'm surprised that somebody like Rom wouldn't want to be involved. And in that. you know what? He may. I, it, let's not yeah. rule out the idea that he might be like, okay, like I'll. You yeah. can have access to me. Like after two, I saw you know or not. I heard from other players. That's a good point. Because it, yeah. it won't come out for whatever, like a year, or six months. But I heard from other players. That's fine. Like yeah, come follow me yeah. at the U.S. Open. Like, yeah, right, you're good. It's like kind of testing it out mm-hmm. first three months or the yeah. the West Coast swing or something. Bryson, of course, couldn't help himself. He says, yeah, there's a lot of great people on there. If I was to go on there, yeah, it would be cool to see, but I feel like there's a lot more in, There's a lot more interesting stories. you got Harry Higgs. you got numerous others. I don't want to take the light away from them for their potential to grow themselves in a manner that's unique to them where they're already pretty far behind. They have the opportunity to grow a lot more than I do in that regard. God, that's so sick. <laughs> like, what a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm so glad that Bryson would stick up for Harry Higgs' YouTube channel. That, like, <laughs> he would want Harry Higgs to be able to catch up. You know, you've got uh, Harry Higgs, things of that nature. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A, man. What a dick. I mean, like, he he can't help himself he ever. Oh. He cannot. I want, sometimes I want to give him a hug, though. He just he wants to be liked. He wants to be loved so much. He's incapable. He's, he is incapable. Good. The best question from David Hurl three one nine two. Assuming the new, the new Netflix show keeps a similar format to Drive to Survive, who would you like to see play the Will Buxton, the journalist slash narrator role? I'm looking at one of them. I think you would be. Do you know something here? You're making a face. I wish. God. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, thought, I thought you were about to reveal Netflix the money. Yeah. I thought you were going to be in it. <laughs> no, like the Trent Krim type uh, the thing. Well, if you've uh, never seen Drive to Survive yet, there's a couple a couple F1 like journalists that. and co- that come in to just. You know, say Lewis Hamilton is one of the great drivers <laughs> of our time period. Like just it's Con, it's context, and then also like uh, a cheeky quote here. And yeah, there. like the, you, know, you have to understand these two do not like each other yeah. at all. 
So I, I'm very curious to see who that would be from the golf world because that, that I feel like this, the, the PGA Tour is going to source. All right, pretty who would well. you say? Who, who are your your three? I feel like guesses? it's. A, I would guess it's probably the same, the similar people that you see pop up in you know documentaries, U.S. Open documentary, like Doug Ferguson. Probably he's at on you know he's on tour. 30 i don't know how many weeks a year a lot he's out there a lot um that would be a guess i don't they'll probably go for some someone younger i don't know exactly who that would be but um i don't know probably the golf digest golf.coms are probably going to be pretty involved in yeah. that and espn yeah. give me dylan to share give me you know i mean uh someone to of that nature like uh look I'll, i would 100 like <laughs> like be the voice of like yeah this is, i'll explain exactly what this is to you you know that's like I, I don't know if um, it'll be interesting to see like uh, if they do outsource that though, like, or if they're like, Oh, here's the people that we're going to have from internally from Netflix are just going to be our people. Like we're going to introduce this person as a star. Like, like, like they could literally be like, Oh, Carson Daly is going to be here. On <laughs> that, that kind of person. Like, yeah. Oh, Ray Romano is going to be the person who explains this. Kenny stuff G. Yeah. yeah like, like, I do think that's one of the ways that you reach across the aisle to the hardcore fans. Right to say, hey, like you know, have somebody that's going to be able to deliver that stuff, but then also add a little bit of extra layer there, or a little bit of extra detail, or a little wrinkle there, and just you know, plant that. Like, oh, you know what? Like, I never thought of it like that way. This is, you know, what that was. That was a good, a good observation there. Or that was a good connecting two and two. And now I'm going to watch this episode with a little bit different viewpoint. Yeah. I, I do not think it will be us, for those wondering. Uh, just based on probably our relationship with the tour, we have obviously had no conversations with any of that. Would not expect that. But I, I honestly Porath kind of, would be sick. Porath would be great. I think, like, I honestly think that I'm hoping that the format is probably hopefully different than Drive to Survive. Like, you, if you try to make an imitation of that, like, second... You, it, you don't have cars going 200 miles it's an not hour. That golf's not that exciting. Like, the format should probably be different. I'm sure they have a great plan for that. Uh, but it, it may not even require that role. I don't know exactly how how this is going to look. I think but. it's going to be more like a like a twenty four seven or like a hard knocks. Yeah, kind of thing. I mean, twenty four seven. You don't have any. You don't really have any game action, right? It's just right. a bunch of yeah. You know, and just at home life. Yeah, it's like we'll probably get we'll probably get an episode with DB straight vibing on his boat. Yeah, hmm. a lot of obvious. And things. then and then they'll go to. The Woods Jupiter, or yeah. they'll go to, you know. The great uh, Lou Brown on Twitter said, you know, I can't wait to see Kepka contradict himself like 17 times. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember grinding my feet on Ricky's couch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I don't, yeah, I remember doing that. Let's do the weekly Saudi run. Eamon Lynch fired off another uh, another column here highlighting, our, I think, our new favorite phrase uh, when it comes to deflecting on this matter, which is, I'm, I'm not a politician. Listen, I'm not a politician. Bryson went for that one this week. Shane Lowry went Shane for Lowry that one. Shane Lowry invented it. I he think, did. First. Yeah, that's it's really impressive. Uh, a question we got from Regulator O eight two six. With all the heat around Regulators. Saudi, would it help our opinions on these players if they gave a decent chunk of the appearance fee to a charity or human rights organization? Maybe half. It's an interesting question. It would help me stomach it morally. Can you just because we talk about this every week? Can you give us just start from wherever you want to on on how this is how this is all uh, playing out for Saudi? The thing that I think I think is the most disgusting of it is where they act like 
they're doing it for the growing the game purposes, right? And then they go there and like say gushing things about like you know I've seen like what you know the, the Greg Norman stuff. I've seen what they've done, and there's women eating in restaurants. They're you driving. Know, they're driving. They're they're going to be playing golf everywhere. Like you, you just don't understand whatever. Like if you want to take the money, take the money. Don't go there and like try to sell me bullshit yeah. about like when Patrick Reed went to this school. Yeah. And, that was uh, sick. That was sweet. And <laughs> <laughs> they're cheered for him and stuff right after the cheating. Like, oh my incident. God. Like nobody's cheered for me like this in years. <laughs> so look, I have a lot of friends in the Washington post. Uh, like most of my golf friends are guys who are staffers, at the Washington post. And so this in some ways like resonates with them and, and is upsetting them in in a way that is is not personal for us. And I, I kind of wanted to say, I would love to go to a press conference. This would probably get me banned from like a PGA Tour press conference, but and say to someone, to Justin Rose or whatever, and be like, hey, Justin, how would you feel if like, they like someone kidnapped one of your colleagues, like let's say Matt Fitzgerald, and then like cut his- Fitzpatrick. You know, Matt yeah, Fitzpatrick. Matt Fitzpatrick. <laughs> and then like, cut off his arms with a bone saw. Would you still be like, well, you know, I'm not a politician. You'd be like, oh my God, that's yeah. freaking horrible. Like you wouldn't be able to stomach that. For for someone who works at the Washington Post, Jamal Khashoggi was one of their colleagues. Yeah. And so you can't sit here and say that like, oh, you know, I just, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't want to entertain myself. For every journalist, in some ways, it feels very personal that a country, a, a person could absolutely do this and that people would just be like, ah, you know, whatever. Like, and I don't, I, the whataboutism of like, well, you never drifted to China either, whatever. Like, you know what? If you want to have that conversation too, we can have that conversation. But don't sort of sit here and deflect to that because you don't want to have this conversation yeah. about Saudi Arabia. Well, That's and, what's and it's also, all right, like China's the, also, what, number you know, number two economy in the world, like, mm -hmm. you know, and they're very much, they're in a very different and it's, context and in China, than Saudi it's, Arabia. That is like the HBCS, whatever. It's that's the bank in China, whatever yeah. that's putting on that tournament. It is not the, they're like the world money laundering. It's not the bank, Chinese basically. government, right. right. That is putting on that tournament. Like so the Chinese government doesn't want them there. Right. It's a huge difference. Right. And then the actual government of Saudi Arabia is, is basically saying like, Oh, we know that our yeah. like record on human rights is, crappy so we're gonna basically like find a way to launder this through professional sports and eventually people will just get worn down and exhausted by it and they'll accept it and that's kind that's of what's, what's happening. happening that's right? what's happening the outrage is kind of like it's it's i think what certain politicians who we won't talk about or name have taught us is that outrage can only be sustained for like a limited amount of time and then people just get like exhausted by it so even yeah. if like really offensive things happen as long as you just basically like keep saying like yeah yeah don't care yeah. like no one can keep being like oh you know what like you really this is gross that you're doing this and so that's you know the pga tour had a chance to make a sort of statement and say like you, we won't get releases and they couldn't do it whether it was legally or, or morally and so they just were like okay fine uh, like, yeah uh, I, I mean i don't really I don't begrudge the tour for that. Like, yeah. I, I think that was going to be an uphill battle, Probably. both legally and you know from a membership perspective and all that. But like, I, I just think with the that stuff too, it's going to be a sweepstakes that first week in, in February with with the whataboutism, mm -hmm. with the Winter Olympics going on. The opening ceremonies are like the Wednesday or the the, the Thursday or the Friday of of the Saudi International. So it's going to be Jesus. just a fucking you know whataboutism sweepstakes. I might that, go play golf that, that weekend. Week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I just, um, just want to give a shout out to Eamon Lynch, who I, you know, is, is a friend, but like, I, I think is one of the few people in golf media who writes about things that are, that people don't, that the tour or the players or whatever don't want out there, right? It's anything, it, journalism is a tough thing in this day and age for a lot of reasons, but there's a lot of journalism that's done that's like, here's this press release, would you like to report this like it's yourself? And I, Eamon is really good, in my opinion, at writing things that places would like to keep not written about. They're and not PR. Yeah. He writes that, and yeah, that yeah. is it's big difference. an incredibly valuable thing to the game, to sports in general, to the profession of journalism. You know, that's what I would like to aspire to, to be the kind of journalist to be is like, you know what, like people try to sort of suppress them, keep them hidden or like, or at, make sure everyone, and there's a lot of people out there willing to do PR or a lot of stuff. And so shout out to the journalists who buck against that and are like, you know what, like whether it's like a silly issue, like green reading books of like, Eamon was one of the first people to sort of say like, yeah, this is coming up and this, the, you know, this I was going to say, he's got vote. some like, damn good sources. Yeah. And he yeah. at you know, HQ it's that's, those are hard things to do because sometimes people get angry with you when you report stuff that's controversial or they say they want to talk to you again. But like the, it's, uh, I, I admire that he goes after that like that. Yeah, I, I sh again. That's part, probably why we're giving him shoutouts almost weekly because he's he's bringing up topics and just not afraid of backlash either. I mean, Twitter is not the kindest place for controversial topics, and he's not afraid of them. So. And you know what? Credit to his editors of Golf Week and stuff yep. for you know look uh, look. I've had some great editors DSPN. They've backed me on some difficult things, and like it's a hard position to be in. Like sometimes where you're standing alone and you're it's it's not the popular sentiment, but also what I think that golf can kind of get lost in is sometimes it's like, sometimes you need to write about things for the larger sports viewing audience at large, not just the golf world. Yeah. Right. It's there's people always get upset about like, why do you, why, what do you care about this or whatever? Like no one in golf cares about this. Yeah. But like, no, this, I don't just write about things just for the golf world. Right. I'm, I'm writing about things for the entire ESPN audience. It's like you're writing about things, kind of writing about sports in the context of society. Mm -hmm. Right. hundred percent. Hmm. Also, of note, a lot of people sent this over to us this week. Andy Murray was uh, turned down a seven-figure payday to go do an exhibition in Saudi Arabia and said he would not, not entertain any offers from them um, in the future because they're human Murray. rights records. Yeah. And, I, and I, I love the fact that you, that you singled out Justin Rose. <laughs> There. Justin Rose and Paul Casey, those two, like, get the fuck out of here. Well, you know, they were one of the first people to, like, go on board right go over there right yeah. they, they were the and, and legitimately like i think it would paul case is the worst in that regard i think it would feel very different to them if it was one of their colleagues who had been literally tortured alive yeah and you know if they so for them to sort of it it's it, to me it shows a larger disrespect for like freedom of the press and general freedoms like if all these guys are are you know, big, like patriotic guys, whether it's American patriotism or European patriotism, whatever, then like stand up for those principles that those countries uh, sort of are, are, are make them different than Saudi Arabia. You know, where I struggle sometimes is when people will reply to a podcast like this or a tweet and say, well, like, what about your government and all that? And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Our government sure yeah. as hell ain't perfect. And, you know, but also like there's, there is some sort of accountability at the end of the line, right? 
Yeah, it's for, just yeah, it's it's what I mean. You know, as as Phil said back in the day, you'll be okay. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go play this, but you'll you'll be okay. Thanks, bud. Yeah. Thank <laughs> so um, on that uh, a, a very different note, this happened uh, earlier this past week that Tim Rosefort passed away. We I, we did not have a relationship with him. Did you have a relationship with him, KV? I mean, I can't pretend like that I knew Tim well, but here's what I'll say about Rosie is. The very first major that I went to, like as a journalist, was the 15 Open at Pinehurst or whatever. And I sat down uh, at a table at lunch, as anybody who's been to a major, like there's a lunchroom where all the media comes. And Tim came over and sat down next to me and was like, hey, is this seat taken or whatever? I was like, oh, no. like it's different for it. And he was like, I'm Tim. And I was like, oh, great. And like we just started talking or whatever. And we kind of were just talking about tiger was going through like a, another one of like the back surgeries or whatever. And I'm not kidding when I say that we talked for 40 minutes about t- like the future of tiger woods, like what the potential was like, would, would there come a day when like his exemption from Tory would run out and he'd have to qualify for the U S open. And we were, and he was really like, yeah, I think, he, I think he will. I think they, they, they'll make him, they're not going to give him like a special exemption. That's, this isn't the USGA from when Arnie and Jack were ever. And, and, you know, he might not accept it. So he might have to grind out. And it was like, I was a nobody. Like I, this is the, literally the first golf tournament, like a major that I ever cover. I was there to try to like do some sort of Phil Mickelson thing for ESPN, the magazine. And it just, it was like so kind and so sweet that he would sort of, just basically like see me sitting alone at the lunch table and say like, Hey, I'm Tim Rosefar. And then talk to me for an hour about it and think that like whatever like banal insights that I had were interesting enough to continue the conversation. And that, that was such a reflection I think of how he treated everyone. Like he was so open and he didn't, he, there was no classism to him. He was like super, friendly to no matter who you were or if you're somebody for working you know covering the masters from some like the masters is, has always been good about like if you work for a newspaper and you apply for a credential you can get a credential so it's like there's a lot of guys there from like little tiny newspapers from very like there might be their one chance to cover the masters and i think like rosie was always really like generous and kind to those people and it just always made me think like God, that's the kind of the media person i want to be like just to be friends it was like a reminder to if you sit down at a lunch table and you don't know somebody, like stick your hand out and be like, "Hey, I'm Kevin from ESPN. Nice to meet you. Like, what's your name? How you how you enjoying the week? Whatever." Because it might be somebody's first major. Yeah. It might be like they're they're so like excited and 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 like you know, nervous and anxious. Yeah, and like Scott Van Pelt, my colleague, you know, when I tweeted something about that story, he was like, you know, I was I just want to like second that like he was such a good friend to me when I first started a golf channel and. You know, like my grandfather had Alzheimer's and it, it sucks. It, it really sucks to see super bright and smart people go downhill quickly mentally. And so I hope, you know, his family got to sort of appreciate whatever time he had with him after he retired. And uh, he was just a, a true pro. And I, I no one ever, I never heard a single person be like, oh, Rosie, like that story. They were always like, oh man, Rosie reported this. Like it's, it's legit. Like there's no, you know, doubt in like one of his reports. Cause he, he had a ton of sources and he always was, was right when he went, went with something. I was going to say like, like two, two things that stuck out to me in kind of the, just the, you know, tributes and obituaries and everything was, 
Uh, the first was just how much he loaded up his stories with facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he, hey, we're I'm gonna throw so many facts at, at this and just and and basically make it like so rich with, you know, like kind of primary source stuff. And then B, uh, Jaime Diaz wrote a wrote a wonderful piece about him and just how much he treated information with like such a certain responsibility, right? Where hey, I know this information is gonna affect person A, person B, person C. I'm going to take all those things into account and but i'm going to also like the the reader or the audience is still first and foremost but i'm going to you know i'm going to treat those people with respect as well i think that was probably increasingly rare these days yeah broke the dustin johnson fell down the stairs (laughs) (laughs) that's what i i I don't love doing you know obits on this podcast for people that we don't know very well but the outpouring this week was felt just it felt um I, I could feel it. I was like, I, I kind of wish I would appreciated this guy more while he was alive because I did not fully understand how much reverence, you know, people that knew him had for him. And now, now we do. And, and we'll know that for, for history. I think the, the, here's what I'll say about people in media who've been around for a long time. The, the best, I, I think, uh, example that they are open, generous, warm-hearted people is when they don't shit on younger people who are coming up they sort of like reach their hand down and sort of say like, Hey, like, you know, wh- how can I yeah. help you? Right. Cause it's easy to get older and be sort of resentful of like, Oh, these podcast guys, these, these guys just Twitter and whatever. Like th- there's a lot of people in golf media who are like that. And I don't think Rosie was ever one of those people. And that's a, a credit to just how I think he saw, you know, the world. Plus I, I think it's, I think it's tough for us when I feel like he was making that transition from, print or you know written to being a you know, tv mm-hmm. first personality kind of right as we were getting into golf and we were and so i think it's you know that kind of gets lost a little bit when when you don't see the full evolution you just see the guy on tv first and foremost mm-hmm. right um tona completely i cannot think of something on a more different note than uh, than what we just discussed but uh, <laughs> do you guys see what akshay the story about akshay's uh, caddy this week i missed this so i'm, I'm all ears for this. uh well danny d3493 says we need some opinions on the whole akshay instagram dm slide caddy story quite the development um so akshay had a uh, a, a person of the opposite gender uh slide into his dms and uh does not know golf and has i don't ever don't think she's ever played golf um she has caddying for him in the corn Wait, fairy I thought they were so all right backing up so the corn so fairy Ashley, tour that's the Ashley Bogue Giovanni situation <laughs> <laughs> that's a deep cut Hell, you know sometimes you got to pull out the deep cut <laughs> so i thought that was his like i thought oh, it was maybe his it girlfriend is. oh maybe it is yeah, I so I thought all right, so the Corn Fairy Tour posted this 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 video clip basically like introducing Akshay being like, Hey, here's one of our new members this year. They're they started out in the Bahamas today, first round, which I love that they're doing Sunday to Wednesday. Yes. Uh that's fantastic. But my understanding of it was it was like, Hey, like how'd you guys meet? And he was like, Well, I don't know, like she just sent me a DM or something like that. And you know, I'm I'm like a nineteen year old professional golfer. Whatever, and and then now she's my girlfriend. That was how I gotcha. That may be. I got it. Okay. That may be the case. I don't I've, think he just picked up some so random, random. pseudo Instagram inf- like influencer. <laughs> now that could be a Netflix show. Like Akshay <laughs> dates a different lady who he caddies for him every week on the a- corn fairy Akshay tour. May, like <laughs> Akshay may be trying to dip his hand into the uh, <laughs> cor- the uh, corn fairy pip. I do. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's twelve dollars for first prize. Yeah. Uh, the corn fairy bachelor. <laughs> uh, I maybe needed to dive deeper into this. This, this came on my radar a little late in the game. He had a great opening round. Yeah, I think he shot three or four under. He's I know where I'm like, I'm kind of like, yo, does auction need to like take shit a little bit more seriously? But yeah. also, like, I know how tough it is to get your caddy over to the Bahamas and it's a Rudy story. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tell her to put her watch on silent. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to add here, TC, before we get to the final sign well, as, a, as a follow up to last week, uh, you know, I know you guys talked at length about NFTs and crypto and all sorts of that. All I got to say is all the LinkStow and, you know, uh, NFT people keep sending Neil those DMs <laughs> and those emails. You guys have been, you know, all the apes have been have been rolling in hot and heavy to his DMs. It's been awesome. It, you, he's so flustered. This this thing's even stupider than I thought it was, man. This, like I fucking get it, all right? I get it. Like like it's not it's not Bitcoin, all right? It's this stupid fucking thing over here. <laughs> I love it, man. It's fantastic. You want to give us a rundown of what's going on in the in the no laying up store? Uh yeah, we were we were deep into the hoodies and we sold out of them like two days so got more of those on the way we got some new level wear polos uh leather head covers are in stock as well as great inventory finally on the classic imperial hats hats are back hats are back in a big way uh we're working on restocking t-shirts uh and then big things happening with the strapped collection and lightweight hoodies later this month and then uh in the meantime sign up for the nlu newsletter for updates newsletter.nolayingup.com slash subscribe is that forward slash or just slash it's I technically forward slash forward everyone slash says backslash though okay uh and then we are sending out the 2021 nest member gifts this week uh just a reminder this is the 2021 gift anyone that signs up for the nest in 2022 will receive their gift in january of 2023 no laying slash join if you'd like to join the nest and read about all the benefits that come with that and then on the content front we have leona mcguire coming up uh, this Tuesday, we have Adam Scott next week, actually, ahead of the uh, Slink Dubai Desert Classic. I got did a lot of podcasting oh. this week. I'm ready to I'm ready to hit the pillow here. KBV, thank you for coming by the Kill House for a recap podcast. This was a blast and a treat for us, oh. and I'm sure the listeners as well. So. Hey, if you join the Nest, I'll just say, you could potentially be part of TV Club, which I kind of run on the Nest. Uh, we've had a great Sopranos discussion, talked about Pine Barrens episode. Every Every two weeks, we discuss like a, a classic episode of television, and then it becomes like a larger, broader discussion about uh, that show in general. We've done like The Leftovers, done The West Wing, done, um, you know, just a, a ton of uh, a Party Down, like really great, fun, interesting discussions. There's a movie uh, a thing that runs the opposite week of TV Club. TV Club is kind of more what I've kind of uh, clomped onto, so uh, that that'd be another fun reason to. We're talking about Mash this week. Mm. Yeah, a couple never, of old episodes. I've never of Mash. watched an episode of Mash. Before. Oh, it's totally great. It should, uh, you know, it's really like the the background of a lot of uh, like sick days for me, like sitting at home <laughs> and watching episodes of Mash. So. Also, for anybody complaining that uh, they didn't get any, you know, for any playoff recap or playoff reaction yeah. here. I'm going to do an emergency episode of the Trap Draw this week with Love it. with Poosh, talk about Shanny and and that whatever the hell that was at the end of the Cowboys game Gosh. with uh, <sighs> with you know breathtakingly average Dak and Mike McCarthy. <laughs> we also need to do an F1. Re- we never did the F1 recap, which we'll maybe roll into a, a, the, a when the new season too. starts yeah. up. Yeah. So thank you everyone for tuning in uh, to a little longer episode, and we will see you back here next week, same time. Cheers. Cheers.
Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most!